Stand. We'll continue with our song service. This morning we're going to read our theme verse for the year. 1 Corinthians 1 9 says, God is faithful by whom we are we're called unto the fellowship of his Son Jesus Christ our Lord. It's good to be in the Lord's house today. Brother Caleb, would you open us in a word of prayer, please? Amen. Let's all take your hand. Let's turn it in on 429. 429. I'm on the hill. Angels say.
stand. Take our hymnals, turn to hymn number 421. Hymn number 421, the first Noel. The first Noel, the angels they sang, was the Amen. Thank you. Maybe see you.
princess Christmas list, the longest one in town. To daddy took a look and said, You'll have to cut it down. I knew that what he said was true, beyond the faintest doubt. But was surprised to hear him say, You've left your best friend out. And so I checked my list again and said, Oh, that's not true. But Daddy said his name's not there, that friend who died for you. And then I clearly understood Twas Jesus that he meant For him who should come first of all I hadn't planned a cent How could I make a Christmas list And leave the Savior out? But oh, it didn't take me long to change my list about. And though I've had to drop some names of friends I like a lot, my Lord must have first place because his name is at the top. Let's all stand. We'll take our hymnals, turn the hymnal book. 322. 322, living for Jesus.
born a babe a virgin birth my god the high and lofty one you came to earth to be a slave servant of all you washed my feet you took my fall good to be in the Lord's house today and appreciate uh, so much the special music, uh, those that work so hard, appreciate the piano special there, and uh, then Brother Zach and his daughter Lexi and, and Trenton, thank you so much for adding to our services. 
Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 7. Isaiah chapter 7. Uh, on Christmas Eve, which is Sunday the 24th, we'll have regular morning service, Sunday school, regular service, all that. And then in the afternoon at 1 o'clock, we'll have our Christmas Eve service. Uh, if you've come to one of those on Christmas Eve, you know it's different than regular church in many ways. We have a lot of special music. Um, I read a book to the children. Um, we have a candlelight at the end, and we sing some courses together. So it's a, it's a good time, and if you normally haven't come, I would encourage you to plan uh, to be with us, and I think it'll be a real blessing to you, and it'll be at 1 o'clock uh, on Christmas Eve. And so just plan to come, spend the day. Uh, it'll be a great blessing. So I've been praying and asking the Lord uh, what to preach. Um, I love Christmas. I think you, you all know that. I love Christmas. And I take the whole month of December and I try to preach Christmas. That's my theme. That's my goal. Sunday morning I want to preach about Christmas because I like it. I like to preach about Christmas. But after you've done it for a while, you begin to lose traction. You begin to wonder, okay, now, how can I look at Christmas this time? And they turned the lights out on me. Uh, I've had someone do that to me before, and they told me to go home. So I, I'll see you later. No, I'm teasing. Um, so uh, I was praying and asking the Lord. I was asking some of my counterparts, great men of great wisdom. And Lalo wasn't any help, and Richard wasn't either. So uh, as I was praying about it and doing a little bit of study, I've got a Thompson chain Bible, and I was just picking it up, and for some reason, Isaiah 714, by the way, you can turn to Isaiah if you haven't. Um, I think you probably already have by looking at your Bibles. Isaiah chapter 7, I began to think about, uh, and as I was looking through my Thompson chain, it dealt with prophecies of Christmas and their fulfillment. And I thought, here we are. We're worried about prophecy right now, right? I mean, Jesus is coming, and we want him to come now, don't we? Like right now. Wouldn't that be awesome? We, whew, we're gone. That'd be so awesome. I'd like to see him come up here. They'd be collecting cars, you know, for money owed on them. They'd be looking like, what in the world? And they'd walk in here, and they'd see Bibles everywhere, but no people. Hopefully, you're all going. Amen? I made my reservation. I know I'm going. But if you're left, you can have whatever mine you want, okay? You just, you can have it all. And if you're, if you're left, my wife would probably want you to feed her dogs. But, uh, you know, other than that, uh, we've got a plan. And that is to be out of here. We're going to heaven. And uh, so it's so neat to be able to know that prophecies have been given in the Bible and they've been fulfilled. And we still have some to be fulfilled. So what it does is it gives, it should it give the Christian encouragement to be able to look back, to see a prophecy, and then to look ahead and see its fulfillment. To see a prophecy, see its fulfillment. See a prophecy, see its fulfillment. And back and forth, back and forth. 
And then to know <coughs> that there are still some prophecies that are yet to be fulfilled. And so um, we're going to look at <coughs> Christmas and prophecy uh, over the next few weeks. And the first one's going to involve being born of a virgin. So if you found Isaiah chapter 7, and you can, stand with me in reverence to the reading of the Word of God. <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 7 and verse number 14. Behold, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Pretty good promise, isn't it? Now, some would like to say, well, you need another Bible because she really wasn't a virgin. She was just a young woman. And so they've rewritten the Bible years and years and years now and just put down that she was a young woman. Yet I can take you to the Hebrew that, that I've studied after, and it talks about the word that's used here is Alma, and that is only used of a virgin in the Bible. And there's another word for that of a young lady, and that's not the word that's used here. So man can try to change it, but that doesn't matter. Just because you don't understand it, doesn't mean it didn't happen, right? And that's, that blows my mind. But there's a lot of things I don't understand, you know? Like, God, why'd you make bananas yellow? I don't know. Uh, but I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I'm just going to accept it that most ba bananas are yellow. I know that some of them are green, and they don't change to yellow because they're smaller and so forth. I, I know all that. But when it comes to accepting the Word of God, by faith, I accepted my salvation in Jesus Christ by exercising what I found written in this book right here. And so when I bump into something in the book that doesn't make sense to me, by faith, I accept it because I know the great God who wrote it and gave it to us. And so our life is to be a life of faith. And it comes by believing this book. And so again, therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign... Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Lord, we love you today, and we thank you so much for your goodness and your love to us. We pray that you would be with the preaching of your word today, that you might use it for your honor and for your glory. We love you, and we ask these things, your blessed name, amen, and you may be seated. <coughs> <coughs> Interesting there, uh, in verse number 15, it says, Butter and honey shall he eat, that he may know how to refuse the evil and choose the good. Now, our Lord and Savior refused the evil and chose the good as he lived his life here on this earth. Isaiah 46, <clears throat> 9 and 10 we read, remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times the things 
that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Just kind of reemphasizing the thought that God does what God does, and we need to be accepting of what he does. With these verses <clears throat> serving as a backdrop, we're going to consider Old Testament prophecy and how it was fulfilled and where it was fulfilled in the Bible. Now, one of the writers I was reading after said this. <clears throat> he said, The virgin birth, like Jesus' resurrection from the dead, ranks as one of the Bible's more amazing miracles. Many people reject the idea outright, while others shrug it off as non-essential to their understanding of the Savior. But a person cannot believe the Word of God while rejecting its claim that the Lord was born of a virgin. And so we're going to consider this prophecy today and uh, take a look at it. Our first point is the prophecy of Isaiah chapter 7 and verse number 14. And um, I want us to consider Scripture is emphatic about the nature of Jesus' unusual conception. And so he, you know, the Bible is quite clear that he was to be born of a virgin and that uh, she had never laid with a man. She had never been touched. Uh, and it is mentioned in both the Old Testament and in the Gospels. In Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 15, God warned the serpent that enmity would, be, would exist between Eve's seed and his. I find it awful interesting as we read through the Bible, we begin in Genesis chapter 1. By the time we get to chapter 3, we find out that there's going to be an issue throughout the whole Bible and throughout all mankind of Satan attacking mankind. And God promises him there in chapter 3 and verse number 15, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. And so the choice words is meant to catch the reader's attention. Since a woman does not have seed, later through Isaiah, God speaks a clear prophecy. And so it's quite interesting. It begins to be set there in Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 15. She doesn't have seed. She's the receiver of seed, and therefore she bears the child. Okay, we've got to keep that all clear um, and remember those things. Our second point is this, the fulfillment, <coughs> okay? And so we have the prophecy in Isaiah chapter 7 and verse number 14. In Matthew chapter 1 and verse number 18, we read, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Very, very important, this verse. And we dissect it to think about this. Mary was a spouse to Joseph. They're going to get married. They, they've, Joseph has asked her to marry. They're in that transitional period. Uh, the man <coughs> would become uh, a spouse to a woman. It was like a legal binding contract. He would then make preparations so that he could officially marry her. And so... In the, in the eyes of those around, she's, she's a taken woman. She's going to get married to Joseph. That it's all settled. It's all been taken care of. And the Bible emphasizes here, before they came together. Okay? 
So before they came together, I don't, I don't think they had touched hands. I don't think he had kissed her. You're going, what? He hadn't kissed her? How do you know if he was a good kisser or not? You don't have to kiss him to know. You can find that out later, okay? Well, we ought to be teaching more, um, uh, more uh, modesty to our young people than just letting them follow after you set them down in front of uh, the television and you let them watch all that junk and you let them get their ideas of what love is out of the movies and off the internet and you let them get it off the television, they're going to have a warped view of what love really is. And so before they'd come together, before they had, I believe, ever touched, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. So now we know where she got the child. It was from the Holy Ghost. Verse number 23, same chapter. Behold a virgin. Pretty stiff language right there. Behold a virgin shall be with child. Oh, that can't be. That just, that doesn't make sense. How could that happen? I, I just can't believe that. Well, by faith you need to believe it because we find it in the Old Testament Here's the prophecy, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And we get to Matthew chapter 1 and verse number 18 and we find, lo, lo and behold, here's a woman. She's got a, a child uh, from the Holy Ghost. And then in verse 23, behold, a virgin shall be with a child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Now, just in case you get a little worried about it, why didn't they call Jesus Emmanuel? I don't know. But I know he has many names. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 6 refers to him as Wonderful, Counselor, Prince of Peace. And so <clears throat> don't get all bent out of shape about Emmanuel and Jesus Christ. Emmanuel is a picture of what he is going to be, and Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. And so let's consider at this time of fulfillment the two involved, okay? We could really consider three, but we're going to go for the physical aspect. So the first one is Mary. Now some would elevate Mary to the position of a saint. Mary, if, if Mary is a saint, it's because she put her faith and trust in Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. It's not because she was a vessel that was willing to be used. The Bible does describe that she is going to be highly favored, and that's because God picked her that made her favored. And I believe that women are going to you know, say, oh, wow, you're Mary, you're the mother of Jesus. Please remember this, that Mary doesn't continue a virgin the rest of her life. Once she has fulfilled the purpose that God has given her, she then has relationship with her husband, and, she, and Jesus has many half-brothers, if you would. Okay? So we don't worship Mary. Okay? She was just a vessel willing to be used for God's glory. Just, it'd be like having some great preacher. Okay? You all had a great preacher. And you go, oh, brother so-and-so this, pastor so-and-so this, brother so-and-so this, and pastor so-and-so this. Hey, let's not get into man worship. Our worship belongs to God. 
He is the one that we worship. He is the one we elevate. And Mary, same way. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 35. And in the sixth month, <clears throat> the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at this saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be, or manner of greeting that this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. Now pay attention here. And he shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there shall be no end. Here's the question. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Mary confirms her virginity. Okay, that's what she's doing here. How can this be, seeing I know not a man? She's not come into a physical relationship yet. She is still a virgin. And so the angel has appeared. The angel has told her, this is what's going to happen, Mary. You're highly favored among uh, women, and God's going to move upon you, and the Holy Spirit is going to, uh, you're going to bear a son. His name's going to be Jesus. Verse 35, and the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. And the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also the holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Now, interesting, just side note, we do worship a triune God. A Father, a Son, and the Holy Ghost. All three mentioned right here in this portion of Scripture. Roughly 2,000 years ago, a young woman from the town of Nazareth named Mary was visited by the angel named Gabriel. Gabriel told the Jewish woman that she would have a son named Jesus and that he would be the son of God. At this time, Mary was engaged to her soon-to-be husband, Joseph. So Mary's been talked to. The angel has told her this is what's going to happen. And she becomes accepting of that as we would study through the New Testament, <clears throat> especially there in Luke. You'll find that she becomes accepting of that uh, through a series of events. I, she didn't immediately, I don't think, immediately embrace the idea wholeheartedly. But we see she goes off to where Elizabeth is, which is another very exciting story uh, to be had at this time. Elizabeth and her husband, he has gone to the temple to fulfill his calling as a priest, and they are old in age, beyond the years of, of normally having a child. And he goes to, the, to uh, fulfill his office there, and while he is there in the uh, temple to fulfill that office, an angel meets with him and says that they are going to have a baby, and their baby is going to mean, be named John the Baptist. Hallelujah. 
John the Baptist. I just can't even imagine what it'd be like to have angels appear, two different women, telling them, or well, a husband and a woman, and later Joseph also gets a visit. These angels showing up saying, this is what's going to happen. Now I can imagine John. <laughs> the Bible says he's kind of full of unbelief, and so the angel said, you're not going to talk, buddy. So that baby's born, you're silent. And so I, I can only imagine him going home. Can you imagine? Okay, I've got this active imagination. Join me, okay? This will really be fun. <coughs> can you imagine John going home and explaining this to Elizabeth? Wait a minute. Don't tell me I need to be on a diet. Can you just imagine? How do they pantomime that out? To, anyhow, I can see you don't enjoy it as much as I do, but... So here's Joseph. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 again. Now the birth of Jesus was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. You know, if uh, a couple is engaged to be married, and all of a sudden, the young lady shows up pregnant, and the guy's never touched her. Uh, there might be trouble in paradise. Matter of fact, the, 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 well, let me just read the scripture. It, it fills it all in. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, so he is a good man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. Because if he made her a public example... They'd be picking up stones. She would die for being unfaithful. That's, that's the law. Uh, well, wait a minute. That sounds awful harsh. Sorry. If we would practice some of this today, it might solve a lot of our problems. But anyhow. But while he thought on these things, verse 20, Behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Hallelujah. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Isaiah 7.14 here, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, <coughs> which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and called his name Jesus. Joseph is a great, great guy. I know Mary gets a lot of play right here because she's the vessel that the Holy Spirit uses. But I'm telling you, Joseph could have had her put to death. Joseph could have been unresponsive to the dream. But what does he do? He immediately brings her to his house. Immediately the, the marriage is set so that it relieves the pressure and the stress, I believe, of, the, of what people say. 
You say, oh, I can't believe people would say anything. Really? Again, we don't have the active imagination crowd here today, so maybe you wouldn't. When told, Joseph, he was maybe hurt and confused by what Mary had told him. But then the angel came and visited him while he slept. And told him that this thing that had come to pass was of God. He began to hear things that Mary had told him about the name and about what was going to happen. And so I believe at that point he became accepting of his part in this role, if you would, of being an earthly representation of a father to Jesus and to Mary. Now realize that <clears throat> so Mary's with child, that child's going to be born. And it's going to need a daddy, an earthly daddy. He has a heavenly daddy. But Joseph then stepped in as a surrogate and helped raise little Jesus. You know, it takes some special men to step into a relationship and help a single mom raise some kids for whatever reason. To love children that are not your own is not really a common thing. I think it can really only be done with the love of God in your heart to help love them as needed. So Joseph doesn't get the play that he really should because he was the just man. He brought her immediately in and then he took the responsibility to oversee Jesus. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think Joseph ever sat back and said... <clears throat> Kid acts just like you. I have nothing to do with him. I don't think he was judgmental at all. Of course, then we're talking about Jesus. And none of you guys would qualify. Because I think he's probably the perfect son. Amen? Probably super easy to raise. Never back talk. Of course, you guys don't either, right? Never was greedy or serving yourself, always worried about serving your parents and your siblings, right? That's what I thought. Jesus, Jesus is not in the front row, okay? Just let you know. So, why was the virgin birth so important? I mean, we understand it's prophesied. We understand it's fulfilled. Why is it so important? Well, <clears throat> Without the virgin birth, we do not have a pure bloodline. The bloodline of a baby is in the dad. He is the bloodline. Jesus was coming to this earth to give his blood to be shed for the remission of our sins. He could not be a sinful man. It would not qualify. You remember, in the Old Testament, they would bring their sacrifices over and over and over and over again, year after year after year. 55 years the church has been here. Then for 55 years, they would bring sacrifices. They'd have to be offered year after year after year after year, those sacrifices, that blood, those animals dying. But when Jesus came, he had the perfect, sinless blood of God it was the only blood that could ever atone for the sins of all mankind. 
That is important too. Not just your sins, but everyone's sins. Do you think Hitler could be saved? His blood could atone for it. There's not a man, woman, boy, or girl that his blood would not atone for. Sinless, perfect, pure blood from the Holy Ghost at the impregnation of Mary. I'm not preaching this message that we might lift her up. I'm preaching this message we might lift him up. It was his work. His work. And so the pure bloodline was necessary. There are at least five reasons why the virgin conception of Jesus is an important doctrine. By the way, it is one of the doctrines we hold to. First, it confirms that a Jesus' heavenly origin. Second, it's necessary for his sinless nature. Third, the virgin's conception was also necessary for him to be the perfect sacrifice. Fourth, it also points out the uniqueness of Jesus. Fifth, finally, the virgin birth is important because the Bible says that it's what happened. Because the Bible says it. We believe it. Now, how to tie all this together? Well, let me just give you some things that I read that I thought were well written, well thought out, and worthy to be shared with you. Scripture describes the event for us. In response to Mary's question, but how can this happen since I'm a virgin? Gabriel says the Holy Ghost will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Matthew says in chapter 1, verse number 20, For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Ghost. These are fair uh, paraphrases. For these passages, it's clear Jesus' birth was the result of the Holy Spirit working within Mary's body, the immaterial, the Holy Spirit, and the material, Mary's womb, were both involved. Mary, of course, could not impregnate herself and was simply a vessel. Only God could perform the miracle of the incarnation. We should also note that the virgin birth displays the uh, the triunity of God. The Spirit gives conception to Mary, carrying out the Father's plan of the virgin birth of the Son. The virgin birth circumvented the transmission of the sin nature and allowed the eternal God to become a perfect man. He never sinned, which qualified him to be a righteous substitutionary sacrifice for sinners. Jesus was fully man, therefore able to die, and fully God, so his death is so infinite worthy and applicable to any and all who believe. The virgin birth could be defined as be born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Jesus told Nicodemus, I tell you the truth, No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he be born of water and of spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The virgin birth is a matter of believing and salvation through Jesus Christ. Therefore, the virgin birth is key 
to the salvation of mankind so that all men might be saved. Why the virgin birth? Because it was prophesied. It was fulfilled. And our Lord and Savior came the sinless, perfect Lamb of God. And When he was offered upon the cross of Calvary, his blood had remained pure because it came from God himself through the Holy Spirit, and therefore it was the atonement for our sins that all mankind might be saved. Christmas is an exciting time of year, and it's more than just gifts, tinsels, trees, cookies, and parties. It's for the salvation of all mankind. Lord Jesus, we love you today. We thank you. We thank you for the fact that there was a virgin named Mary who was willing to be a vessel to be used for your glory. That there was a man named Joseph who was a good man, a just man, and was willing to do his part. Thank you for your love and your care for mankind. For without this perfect birth of Jesus, none of us could be saved. We'd still be tied up in the rituals of bringing bulls and goats and, and pigeons and, and birds and offering sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice. We celebrate the fact that our Lord and Savior Jesus came to this earth and once laid down his life and once took it again and shed his perfect blood for the remission of the sins of all mankind. Lord, I pray that as we would live our lives, that we'd recognize here at this Christmas time the importance of the birth of our Savior and that we would share the good news that Jesus saves. He has offered his blood that all mankind might know him as Lord and Savior and be saved from their sins. Do your work in this invitation. Might you be honored and glorified. We love you. We ask these things in your blessed and most holy name. Amen. Would you stand with me today? <clears throat> Have a moment of invitation. If God's spoken to your heart, encourage you to come. If you're without Christ, it's your Savior. We'd love to take a Bible and share with you from the Word of God. You can know that you're saved and on your way to heaven. Whatever your need is, would you come? All to Jesus I surrender All to Him I freely give I will ever love and trust in His presence Thank uh-huh.
house today. Brother Scott, could you bring those pictures up? Do you love answered prayer? Amen. We just had Gus and Allie here with us. Bring up the other picture. They had that little old nasty little camper parked out there. God's given them that through the help of what we gave them and some money they'd been saving. So just wanted to show you what I asked you to pray for. I didn't expect it to be that quick, but that's kind of the way God works, right? And so, so thankful. That's his dad's truck uh, that's pulling it. But uh, they went to Texas and got that. And uh, so it was a real blessing. I just wanted to show you answered prayer. Prayer's important, right? You're a fool if you don't start your day with it and you don't end your day with it. Prayer's vitally important. Um, Brother James is going to come with our announcements as he does. Brother Dan came the night of uh, Lord's Supper and present himself for church membership. And uh, we, present, uh, we went right on into the Lord's Supper, so you didn't get to shake his hand for joining church. And man, I like a good handshake, get to meet people. It's kind of the way to do it. I like this guy, because he's not a tiny boy, amen? <laughs> <laughs> Makes me feel good. Big guys rule, right? And uh, so uh, we're going to stand here, let you come by and shake uh, Dan's hand. James going to... Give us our announcements and then have a word of prayer for us. Uh, before we do our announcements, if we could have Preacher and Ms. Metzinger come up and Brother Lalo and Ms. Caitlin come up here on the platform. Got uh, envelopes this morning. It says to Kevin from Santa. I'm not sure. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like a lump of coal. But, uh, uh, token of our appreciation. Gift, you know, we uh, during Christmas season a lot of times we'll pick up an extra shift or do a side job to make some money to buy Christmas presents, but uh, they are busier here than uh, working on staff than any of us are. So uh, we appreciate their dedication and, and everything for us that they do here at the church. So we just want to give you this gift and you Merry Christmas for all that you do. Thank you. All right, and then today we're taking up a Christmas missions offering. If you uh, have not already given to that, that would be a huge blessing to all the missionaries that are sent out of here from our church. Uh, you can mark that on an envelope uh, or put it in the, uh, the box out back there. Uh, we have a cantata coming up next uh, week on the 10th at 2 o'clock. So invite your family and your friends to come, and uh, there will be a cookie fellowship following the cantata. Uh, Ms. Metzinger's uh, music recital happens every year, and that'll be... Uh, the 14th here at the church at 7 o'clock. Uh, several uh, kids have practiced uh, singing and uh, playing instruments, and so you'll enjoy that if you're able to come and see that. And then we have the Gilsons Christmas coming up here. Uh, we'll be uh, helping the Gilsons with uh, raising those uh, grandkids with um, buying gifts, and you have Walmart gift cards if you can get to them or uh, write a check. Uh, Brother uh, Dan Gilson there will have a box uh, out back there. Uh, you can put all those in and then we have patch program coming up the ladies christmas party 
and uh, Christmas Eve service coming up on the 24th, as preacher said, at uh, 1 o'clock. So uh, things to keep in mind uh, coming up the rest of this month. Uh, Brother Chris Peterson, would you dismiss us in prayer this morning, please?